Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me, as always, is my host, Mr. Garrett Jones. That's right. And, How's it going, everybody? Well, it's going okay out here. I guess uh, you are out in uh, the dual twin sons of Tatooine. Um, I, well, with the with all the, the lack of mosquito abatement, it feels a lot like Geonosis. Or, a lot of or, or as hot as it is, it might be Mustafar. That, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Although I'm, I haven't seen any rivers of lava lately, so well, uh, that's that's fingers crossed that we don't have that problem. <laughs> that would really suck. Oh <laughs> man, um, I don't know how hot it is uh, over there. But it, we right no, now it's, it's, not, a, it's, it's a actually really, it's actually nice today. Uh, I'm um, not sure what the, what the temperature is, but yeah, it was it, it, it was. Uh, relatively nice so yeah uh, well we have we are... balmy 110 today yeah uh, oh. well we are um let's just dive right into it yes. Sorry, I was looking at... last uh, we week are... we uh, last week yes. we talked about uh how the empire lost its uh empire and i love the title that you gave for the episode uh lost. the empire strikes out yeah i thought that was great yes yes um yes and today we are looking at the opposite end we're looking at how the how the rebel scum managed to defeat the empire oh my gosh how a small band of rebels took down the greatest military in the galaxy Sheer dumb so, luck and uh, and uh, hubris on the part of the empire. Yeah, that's my, that's yeah. my guess. That's well, my I mean, let's just yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. So, I, I what, think are, what are your thoughts on this? I, I mean, it's interesting because at one end you have what we said yesterday, where you know. When I mentioned the, the the you know the Roman Empire and how armies you know once the once they stood try to you know these armies once they started trying stand toe to toe with Rome they would get defeated. I kind of said that was kind of the same thing, but yet that's literally how the rebels you know the final battle how they did it they stood toe to toe. But by that time they had built up enough military might that they were able to, and they did that through the guerrilla through guerrilla tactics these small attacks leading up to bigger and bigger and bigger attacks and bigger and bigger uh taking more and more chunks out of the imperial out of the imperial military which led to you know planets like moncala you know at you know adding their fleet to yeah to the rebels so they were actually able to stand you know capital ship to capital ship with the with the rebels instead of you know using fighters and smaller crafts and just doing hit and run tactics right. you know I, eventually you had to come to a point where you know if you wanted to defeat the empire you had to fight the empire more or less on their terms 
or on their on on their on their on their level at least. Um, yeah, yeah. Major victories require that that show of military force, whereas yeah. like the smaller skirmishes, you know, you could go, you know, it, the the fewer the better. I mean, that's why the rescue attempt at the at the Death Star in the first film worked so well is because one, they weren't anticipating a rescue of any kind. The, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the only reason why the, the Millennium Falcon wasn't blown out, blown to smithereens was because all of a sudden this transport shows up and, you know, in Alderaan, which is exactly where they're expecting transport for droids to be going. And instead of thinking, oh, yeah. this could be a threat, you know, <laughs> droids are probably there, which they were, but they had no yeah. way of knowing. Yeah. 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 It's. Yeah. Um, I do think though that, you know, those small attacks, like I, like I kind of said earlier, did a lot to, you know, show the rest of the galaxy that, you know, maybe there is a chance, maybe, you know, and I, you know, and if you look at, you know, both, you know, new canon and legends, you know, things like the, the battle of Yavin and, Mm -hmm. Even though it, you know, was technically a loss for the rebels, the uh, the Battle of Hoth proved that the Empire wasn't unstoppable. That they could be, they could know, be thwarted. You, they could be thwarted, which led to more and more people, you know, planets, groups, you know, standing yeah. up against them and yeah it's it's been kind of a just looking at looking at at how everything happened in the uh in the trilogy like the most of it relied on i mean because if up, up until i mean if you go back and you look at star wars rebels you look at uh rogue one um there there were even issues in in amongst the rebellion uh because mm-hmm. there's a lot of splintered factions that eventually culminated in one cohesive, yeah. organized group, and and I think they didn't really start gaining traction until they started communicating and banding together. Because I mean, you look at Saw Gerrera's mm-hmm. group, and they were they were chaos. They were causing as much problem for the rebellion as they were uh, for the Empire. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's why you know. A, per, you know, a person like Mon Mothma was so important to the rebellion. And I think that's one advantage the rebellion had over the empire was they had better leaders, you know, I, I think, will... or at least they had a better figure. They had a, a better figurehead. They had someone that once she came in, she was able to, and that's why I'm kind of interested to see when, um, Andor season two comes out is to see if they if they look on that if they kind of play on that with um, you know, Mon Mothma kind of bringing all these groups together in you know into a cohesive unit. Yeah, you know, well, I think and that I, was one thing that helped. Yeah, and and so like part of the in like Mon Mothma was a political leader just like Palpatine was. But the difference was was like her style of leadership. 
it wasn't like it, like she wasn't trying to consolidate power. She didn't even want to lead. All she wanted to do was help organize and make sure that everybody was in communication. And she wanted to help fund it as much as possible. And so you see this, uh, it, it's the complete polar opposite, this antithesis of what Palpatine was. Palpatine wanted to consolidate. He wanted to control. He wanted to direct. Yeah. And all Mothma wants to do is she just wants to help out and provide um and she like she she wasn't intending to be a leader all she wanted to do was be a financial backer for this she wanted to help get information yeah. out. she wanted to to rally troops that was it and so we see that in andor and then you get to return of the jedi and she's become a leader only because she's become a de facto leader she's a voice mm -hmm. that people will listen to because she is well spoken that she was trained for this kind of thing she can get people's attention in a way that that other leaders could not. And while she didn't have the military background, she had her ear to the ground, getting gaining the the information, uh, and, you know, helping with the spy network and and, and all that. Um, and so I think that really makes a big difference because you have all these different groups, these different alien races, you know, different planet systems, these different military factions that they've you know tried to resist the empire as much as possible on their own they've seen what the empire is like and here they're seeing something new something different something that wants to work with them not against them yeah uh how how important do you think it was for um the the addition and you know Ak akbar and them bringing in the Mon the Mon Cal Calamari coming into their you know joining the rebellion full on. I think that seemed I, like it was a huge like a like as far as bringing in that firepower, you know, bringing in I the, think the it, Mon Calamari cruisers and. I think it was huge because the Mon Cal had some of the most uh, extensive technology as far as like planetary shielding systems, as far as as far as battleships and stuff like that, um, mm -hmm. outside of whatever the the Republic had been building during the Clone Wars, and what's yeah. interesting is the Mon Cala, their their homeworld DAC was, um, you know, they were split during during the Clone Wars because you had the Quarans yeah. who live on the same planet who were with the separatist movement separatist. and you had the Moncala who were with, who were with the Republic wanting to stay mm -hmm. unified. And, uh, and so what you, what you actually see is in, in joining the rebellion, you actually see the Moncala flip and become separatists. They, yeah. they flip sides essentially. And what you have is the rebellion at that point using separatist tactics from the clone wars to fight the empire and this is the real good fight that needed mm -hmm. to be that needed to be handled while i mean and don't get me wrong like several groups within the separatists during the clone wars they had some legitimate concerns that were not being addressed that were not um that were not being handled by the republic by the senate by the jedi what have you and mm -hmm. so here you they and now you know as the military factions are shifting, uh, you uh, having because you started having Quarans helping out with the the rebellion to some extent, not as much as the Moncala, yeah. 
but the corns were there. And when you have two major species inhabiting the same world who have been at war with each other, and now they're mm. uniting, the empire wasn't ready for that. Yeah. I think another thing that really helped the rebellion was this, you know, the fact that, you, you know, you had these different races and different groups that willingly worked together. They willingly yeah. pulled instead of being forced to, instead of, you know, the empire looking at them as just mere slave labor or, mm -hmm. or you know, the means to an end. You had all of these different, you had the Mankali bringing in their star fleet. You had the the Bothan spy network um, being you know being implemented. You had all these other you know the Wookies and all of these different groups that brought their own specialty and added it to uh, almost like a united federation. Yeah. To, uh... <laughs> well, and the and the other thing that that helps out is that um, it it also helped the rebellion that Vader essentially failed in eradicating all of the Jedi. I mean, yeah, a lot of them were were um, co-opted and, and assimilated into the uh, the Inquisitorius, but you had others who were who were isolated, who were not uh, either because they were they weren't found as part of being the Jedi Order, or because they were able to to evade and elude Vader, uh, like for example, uh, Ahsoka Tano. She you know hmm. she knew. And she's able, and she spent so much time away from that. Um, yeah. And then you have uh, uh, um, I'm blanking. Uh, Kanan Jarrus. Um, he's you uh, know he from from Rebels. He um oh um Ezra. No, that Ezra Brizer. Kanan. Kanan Jarrus is Ezra's. Um, master, his mentor. Master, yeah, yeah. And so, but you had the two of them, and they were, yeah, uh, they were, um, they helped out, especially because they were smugglers, they were spies, they helped out with the rebellion, fighting against the empire, uh, doing their thing on Lothal. And for the most part, they were, they were just one splinter cell of of rebels that helped out in the larger scope. But yeah. But have but having force users, especially once Luke be you know identified himself as a Jedi, that became a a banner for them, because you know, um, because it was the Jedi who should be fighting against the Empire. They were the ones fighting for justice and peace and and, mm -hmm. and fairness throughout the galaxy, the very thing that the Empire opposed. And so when you start seeing force users, Jedi, what have you going against the empire who tried to eradicate all of them that yeah. provides an additional sense of hope yeah yeah i do i think also you know and we kind of touched on this last week you know the fact one thing you know the empire didn't help itself in a lot of ways you know they no. a lot of times they seem to be fighting more as much with themselves as they were with the rebels and yeah, you know, not that the rebels didn't fight amongst themselves either, but you know they always seem to have at least somewhat a unified like, okay, we want we we want to get rid of the empire, and then we'll just see what happens after that. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, 
And well, and, and one of the, I think one of the biggest issues is that very few people had any plans for what was going to happen once the empire fell. And you and had a lot of these, and, and you had a lot of these systems that um, they, they simply wanted to be free of the empire, but once they were, they had no idea what to do. And so their own political systems, yeah. which relied heavily on the larger organization of first the Republic, then the empire started to kind of collapse and fall apart because they didn't have mm -hmm. the, they didn't have the, um, the, the financial support for one. They didn't have the mm -hmm. economic support. They didn't, and their own leadership had kind of failed them as well. Um, yeah. And when you're starting from scratch, basically it's, it's harder to keep things harder yeah. to keep that momentum going. Yeah, I think I think that was that that might be our next topic for for next week is um, the how the how the uh, the rebels won 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 the Galactic Civil War, but the then the Republic lost it. The New Republic lost it. Yeah, how they you know the fall of the you know the fall of the New Republic. I think that would be an interesting topic for next week. So we have I think we have our topic for next week at least. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah we definitely That's do. Awesome. Well, and what what strikes me as kind of kind of odd is that, I mean, the New Republic was an ideal that was, for the most part, a, a carbon copy of how the Republic had been before. And while they were trying to do things a little differently, they were still doing things almost the same. And so you have this change of hands, and it's like, and like as we see, especially in um, you know episodes of of Mandalorian where the new republic like they're trying to enforce rules they're trying to enforce laws while still being fair the other factor to that is that if if at any point you were a a an imperial agent or operative or or officer of some kind or another they didn't trust you yeah and they they let you know it um further they also made additional issue. They made uh, additional complications, and uh, we can touch base on this, you know, next week, yeah. of course. Yeah. But they, yeah. the, uh, you know, they they made it very difficult to make sure that the whatever imperial remnant was there was gone, um, because if they had been a little bit more careful, they would have they would have seen what was going on with uh, Moff Gideon and eventually what we're going to see with Thrawn um, as mm. he comes back in Ahsoka just in a few weeks when that show launches. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually like this time period that kind of, that's kind of being hit on with a lot, with a lot of these, you know, uh, Star Wars Disney plus shows. I'm kind of enjoying seeing, seeing that time period looked at that kind of time period between the the fall of you know the, the the downfall of the empire and the you know the new republic so and of course seeing thrawn on on the on uh, you know the big screen uh, not on the big screen but in live action is gonna i think is pretty cool yeah I'm it's pretty it, about that he is a character that i've wanted to see in live action for God, more than 20 years he he's such he's such a cool intimidating character and 
the fact that he so what, what do you think of what i mean what do you think of the makeup i mean you you we saw the first look at him you know i i don't know because like some of it, some of the scenes that i've seen make it look almost like the cgi that was used to um to paint jennifer lawrence blue in um uh, x-men dark phoenix mm. um, because she decided not to go with the prosthetics and the, and the actual makeup she wanted to yeah. go with she ended up going with some kind of like bodysuit and and they digitally painted her face and it didn't look the same there the texture was was kind of yeah. off so there are some scenes where it feels like that but i'd have to watch i'd have to watch a full episode because usually what i see are, are little glimpses in the trailer and i'd like to see a little bit more of it yeah. before i make a you know a, a fair assessment yeah um i will say that the special effects in the cgi that has been employed for the star wars shows have been much better than say some of the cgi and special effects used in marvel in in you know the last couple of years um, that being said, I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope that Ahsoka is going to be good. Um, the last season of Mando was, was kind of weak from a storytelling yeah, perspective. Um, the, the way that they, they structured it, the pacing was just, it was weird. Um, yeah. and then book of Boba Fett was just abysmal. Um, where they take a really cool character and completely deconstruct and trash him, which is what yeah. they what Lucasfilm has been doing for the last few years between Luke Skywalker and uh, Indiana Jones and, and stuff like that. And I'm really hoping we don't see anything more like that. I, I really hope that when they bring in Thrawn, he's not going to be some weakened shadow of what we hope him to be, uh, that he's actually right. going to be a menace like far more yeah. of a menace and far more of a threat than Moff Gideon ever could have been. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting is this would be the time period where the original story for uh, um, heir to the empire took place five years after because heir to the empire took place five years after Return of the Jedi. And how long is... Mando takes place... Well, at least the first season of Mando takes place about six years after... Six years. After so, the Jedi. so close, close. I mean, we don't know how, how long of a period there was between the seasons. I don't know if they really talk about how... But I mean, that's, that's a... Well, that's one of the things, even in the original trilogy, you know, time was just kind of like out there as far as how much time yeah. went by well i mean them. they were they were there for the most part the the time frame was fine because like the original trilogy like you get that there's been a couple of years that have passed between a new hope and empire strikes back yeah and then there's like maybe a year year and a half tops between the events of empire and return of the jedi well um, i mean so I they, know the, the big the big thing that people always can always look at as far as you know, being kind of weird time is how long was Luke on Dagobah? Yeah. Yeah. Like, was he there the for one, like, like, a few days or a few there? weeks, a few months? Yeah, and, We have no idea. <laughs> well, in like, because they were, and also, I mean, the Falcon was traveling from wherever they were without a hyperdrive and they made it to Vespin. So it's like, okay, how long was that? A few months? Was that a few weeks? Yeah. Was it, and, you know, 
And what's funny is, like, if I pull out my, because there, I actually have like a distance chart. Uh, let me see if I can find that here. Um, we, there's a distance chart for uh, in, for interstellar travel. Where is that here? Um, and yeah, here we go. Space transports. Oh, looking at the wrong stuff. Like depending on whether or not you're traveling hyperdrive or or sublight, you are going to be traveling for a bit. Um, because they because you know the whole point of traveling light at light speed was to cut down on on travel time. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was. And it, oh crud, where is that? I know I've got it here. Um, it's not my reference chart. It's in two fifty-seven. Let's see here, planets. Some of, the, some of the systems, I mean, were relatively close, but when you're dealing with outer rim stuff, you're going to find it's going to take you forever to get anywhere. Um, bummer. Um, yeah. Uh, hold on just one second. All right. All right, here we go. Yeah, so yeah, the time the time frame there was kind of bizarre, kind of weird, and yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, let's. Uh, I think we're about at that time. I think we are too. Yeah, we're we're coming down to the coming down to the wrapping uh, the it up um, end of the episode I, here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Garrett, why don't you tell the people out there where they can find you at? Well, you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at GKJ underscore publishing uh, on my on my social media platforms. Uh, I am uh, posting about my books. Uh, the series is called The Archives of the Sync Ran. There are five books in the system uh, or system series. Uh, and I also talk about my show on YouTube, which is called The Right Way. Uh, you can find me on YouTube, GKJ Publishing. Um, on the show, I do author interviews. I do top 10 book recommendations. And this coming Saturday is the last segment of Creator's Corner, where I provide some world-building writing tips for season five. Uh, and then the, the 29th of, of July is going to be my season closer, where uh, I just have a little bit of fun and just wrap up the season and say, hey, this is what's coming up next uh, this next fall. Yeah. 
Uh, well, as for us right here, you can, of course, get a hold of us each. Uh, yeah, sorry. You can get a hold of us the best way through our email. That is warofthestars1 at gmail.com. That is also our Twitter handle. All other social medias are under War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash War of the Stars or check out our merch. The link is in the our Twitter bio handle for our merch store. Um, other than that, you can check us out um, wherever podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Again, just search War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast and look for the or of the stars logo to make sure that you got the right or of the stars podcast yeah because like uh, some other floating around i don't know i i the honestly this kind of aside i i typed in because bing now has the uh um the ai chat the chat gpt <laughs> they do um i typed in our uh information on war of the stars in the host it said that we are both from ohio and that both we were, and I were from Ohio. Yeah, yeah, we're both from Ohio, and that you were, you were like, I can't remember what it said you were, but it was like I'm thinking none of that is absolutely nothing wrong with Ohio. Ohio, Cincinnati was a beautiful city. I don't know. I've never been there. I, I mean, the only thing I know about Ohio is that that's where I, they filmed Drew Carey. It, it's, it's an, Ohio's, Ohio seems nice. Yeah. Oh, that was Cleveland. I do want to hit you, <laughs> but anyway. I, yeah, we were we were close by there. Anyway, that uh, I digress. Uh, as always, remember this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just this is not just my Star Wars, and not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the force be with you. This is the way.